0: This is PhotoBizX episode number 531 and today an exciting episode with a previous guest of the podcast. I'm talking about Nick Buttergig. He's a family portrait photographer. He was based in Western Australia in a small, small town. We heard in past episodes that he went from part-time to full-time to highly profitable and then he packed up and has decided to move across the country and start from scratch. In this episode, he shares exactly how he hit the ground running and is simply going from success to success. That interview is coming up in just a minute.
1: Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich.
0: Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, host of the Photo Biz X podcast, where I interview guests from around the world to help you build a better photography business, even faster than going it alone. And as I mentioned in the intro, Nick Buttergig is our guest for today's episode. And if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you would have heard Nick originally in the Coaching Diaries episode of the podcast, where Nick talked about working with photography business and mindset coach Joel Dunn how he implemented what Joel was teaching him, and that really was the catalyst for his success. We had a follow-up interview after that, hearing about how Nick was now going it alone, was more profitable than ever after sticking to the things that Joel had taught him. And in today's episode, I get to ask the questions that I used to ask, but in way more detail when I used to have the 10 Quick Questions segment of the podcast. And one of those questions was, if you were to relocate to a brand new location it could be across the country, across the world, what would you do to hit the ground running and build up to the success that you have right now? That was a super popular question, and today's episode is focused all around that with Nick, so stick around for that, it's coming up in just a minute. And now, a macro look at our last episode. Before we do get into that, if you didn't catch last week's episode, it was an absolute ripper with Audra Harris. Audra runs an outsourcing company for photographers. Focus on your photos. She's based in the US and what she does with her team is look after your lead qualification calls. You can outsource your IPS over Zoom sales. She will help you with your workflow. They do so much, but what we mainly focused on last week was lead qualification and just how she and her team can do it so effectively when so many photographers struggle with that aspect of their business. So if you want to learn more about qualifying your ideal client, taking people from leads, whether they come from Facebook ads, from Google ads, or third-party marketing, how you can take those leads and turn them into photography sessions and fantastic paying clients, you need to listen in on what Audra had to share. I think it will be an absolute eye-opener. In fact, so much so, Audra and I have been talking about putting together a training course. Well, she's going to put the training course together. I'm pushing her to do that for you, and there will be more details about that coming up shortly. But get back and have a listen to that interview with Audra, and I think there will be some mind-blowing moments in what she shares, in particular how all the women on her team are named Audra, and the clients don't even know they're talking to a different Audra when they call up and continue a conversation ...for a photographer about booking in a session. It really is an eye-opener. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed... ...with your host, Andrew Helmich. One final announcement before we kick off this interview with Nick Buttergig. If you are at all interested... ...or you had your interest peaked in food photography... ...after a recent interview with Emma Dunham from the UK... She has put together, or she was re-releasing her five-day challenge. It's kicking off in a couple of weeks' time, and like I said, it's 100% free, and it is the perfect introduction if you are doing food photography or you're interested in adding food photography to what you do for paying clients. She's going to be teaching how you can create premium images, charge premium prices, and make more profit with your food photography in this five-day challenge. It's all online. There are more details over at photobizx.com forward slash food photography. And if you'd like to check out that interview with Emma beforehand or after you go and check out that page, head over to photobizx.com forward slash 520. Emma shares all about her business, why you would even want to go into food photography, why she made the transition to food photography from weddings and portraits, and just how successful she is now. So again, there are more details about that free challenge over at photobizx.com forward slash food photography and it's kicking off in a couple of weeks time photobizx.com real advice real strategies and real ideas to build your photography business okay we are going to jump into this interview with nick Buttergig in just a second if you are hearing this announcement it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Nick. I am saving a large portion for premium members only. The good news is you can access the full interview for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. There are more details about that at photobizx.com forward slash try. And with that trial membership, you'll get an invite into the members Facebook group. You'll get access to Nick's interview today, the full back catalog, and you get a good idea about what you're missing out on every single week and why so many premium members have a premium membership. All you really need to do is implement one or two things that you hear from one interview, and it will more than pay for your premium membership for years and years to come. photobizx.com forward slash try for more details on that. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest needs almost no introduction for long-time listeners and premium members because I first interviewed him as part of the coaching diaries when he was working with photography business coach Joel Dunn. Now, at that time, he was on track to take his small part-time business to full-time and become highly profitable. In the subsequent interviews, we heard how a total shift in his mindset had put him on that path. He was then full-time profitable, supporting his family with photography. Life was good in the small town that he was living and working in. Then, at the end of the third and most recent members-only interview, when things were going better than ever, he reveals at the very end that he's packing up and moving across the country to start over. Now, it's been around a year... And I thought it'd be the perfect time to check in and see if photography business and its lead generation and sales tactics are as easily transferable as we'd all like to believe. I'm talking about family photographer Nick Buttergig, and I am rapt to have him back with us now.
1: Hey, mate. How are you? How's things? Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, things are very good. Thanks for the intro. Um, yeah, things are going well. A bit colder than Broom living here, but um, yeah,
0: can't complain. So for listeners that haven't heard those early interviews, you were based in Broome. It's a small, I guess, country town in Western Australia, super hot weather, pretty seasonal type conditions to shoot in. Why move? Why leave there and move to Aubrey-Wodonga in Victoria?
1: Yeah, good question, Andrew. So we were living in yeah Broome, Northwest WA, which was a population of around 14,000 people. We moved up as a couple, me and my wife, and we've had a couple of kids. So now we're moving a bit closer back to family. And our two boys were actually with their grandparents today. And we both worked, which was doesn't happen very often. But now it's, yeah, we can open up and do those sort of things. And yeah, move back closer to family. And it's it's been pretty good for the business as well bigger population.
0: So more leads and more bookings, which has been great. So yeah. (laughs) Well, I want to ask you all about that, but tell me like how long in advance did you know you were moving and what preparations did you make as far as business goes, if any?
1: Yeah, for sure. So we were on and off moving, not moving. One day we're moving, next day we weren't. Um, We made the call one day and we just started preparing, preparing the house to move. We actually took two months off to drive back down the West Coast and across the south coast of Australia in our little camper trailer with the kids. So, yeah, had an awesome little holiday. Um, In regards to preparation for moving back to, we're in Albury-Wodonga now, which is a town on the Murray River. So, on the Victorian side is Wodonga, and on the New South Wales side is Albury. Population all up in the region is maybe around 140,000 people. So, it's a lot bigger. I started preparing... The move by just working out where I wanted to go with the business, learning everything that I did in the first two years. I reflected on it and thought about what I would change and what I wanted to do. I did explore a whole rebrand and just start fresh, but I didn't think that was a big needle turner on the business if it was going to make a huge difference. For me, it was getting a bit of a studio space because I knew Here with the weather, um, it's so unpredictable and it rains, everyone was saying, and they were correct because it does and it's hard to get out and about. And the other thing was just to do some marketing, how I was going to get bums on seats to start with. And I started marketing before we even got back. We started a few weeks before, I think we started in November. Um, We left Broome in October, started marketing halfway through that. I had it all prepped so I could go on holidays and just... Just relax, as you can probably um, <laughs> attest to with your <laughs> with your trips. And yeah, just got the ball rolling, got some promo going and got some marketing happening. So we came into it fresh. I think we were a week here. I had shoots lined up, ready to go. I had no idea where I was going to photograph people. I just put it back on the lead or on the client and just said, where's a good spot? And they, they guided me. And I was just open and honest about it. New to town, where's a good spot? And um, so, yeah, just started rolling like that. And just kept the process exactly the same from broom to here without changing too much to start with.
0: Okay. I guess you're implying that you ran Facebook ads, brought leads in and started to service those leads.
1: Yeah, correct. So I did it two ways. I ran a competition to start with and the competition was just a welcome to Aubrey, almost an introduction, welcoming myself to Aubrey. And I ran that competition, had a number of entries and sent out some gift certificates with that. And I also ran a wanted ad alongside it as well. So the wanted ad didn't have any gift certificates going out, but they were quicker bookings. So that would be a lead come in on the phone, book them in, shoot them straight away um, with the gift certificate. The gift certificate pack goes out, people book in their call. Uh, It's just a bit of a longer process.
0: Okay, so in Broome, you were photographing 100% of your sessions outdoors. Yes. So you didn't have a studio when you first came to Albury-Wodonga, so you knew you were going to be shooting outdoors, so you relied on the weather. Yeah. And you were just taking it as it came. Did you have the website in place before you got there? Because I can see now like, it's Albury-Wodonga all over the place. You've obviously got a no new portfolio. Yeah, no, I did. I changed the website as well. That's a good point.
1: So I changed the website, Facebook page, just to sort of say that it was Albury-Wodonga. And a lot of the marketing was aimed at, with the words Aubrey Wodonga in it, which I think is really important because there's a lot of photography ads I even get that pop up on my Facebook page and they're from Queensland, they're from Western Australia, you don't know where they're from. So there's a big emphasis on talking with the ad, Aubrey, I think it was Aubrey Mums or something targeting them straight away yeah
0: yeah i love that i went mean, the worst thing for any like if i go searching for anyone any, any service-based business if i don't know where they're from it's so frustrating when you get to their website so. yeah not front and center even on the website Aubrey Rudanga, bang, you know where it is i can see yeah i can absolutely see that so did you get any feedback messages anything at all from any other photographers positive or negative whereabouts? Uh, In Walbury-Wodonga, when you came into town as a new photographer, I'm guessing some of them would have seen your ads. They would have known, hey, who's this Nick Buttergig guy? Did you hear or feel anything?
1: No. Make it sound like I've just rolled into town like an old Western movie, you know, (laughs) just walking down the
0: street. (laughs) Tumbleweed goes across (laughs) it. Who is this guy with his Facebook ads? (laughs)
1: Who's this guy? Um, To be honest, I don't know one photographer in town. I've been here for eight months. And I have no idea. Um, wow. I sort of just stick to my own lane um, <laughs> and just just do that. I haven't contacted any. There's been a few photographers who have entered competitions that I've spoken to and with some marketing. I actually shot a family on Saturday evening and the mum did photography on the side. She lives out of town. So she photographs weddings and things like that as well. But that's the only way I've met photographers in town. Yeah.
0: Wow. Cool. Okay. With the website, it looks to me like you've implemented what Jeff Brown was teaching in his course. Have you seen a change, you know, with that new website? Is that, is that the style you've gone for and is it working?
1: Yeah, it was a really good course, that one. It just gave, I don't put much emphasis on my website. It's more of a, just a bit of a page for people to go and have a quick peruse around and have a look at some work and a little bit more info on there. But yeah, with the Jeff Brown one, oh, I want people to do his book a call with me and that's how they inquire. So there's a lot of call to action to book, a lot of um, little click here to book, let's book a discovery call, let's chat sort of thing. Um, And I've just really streamlined it, really refined it to the real important things. It probably still could do a lot of work, but as again, I don't see it as a massive needle shifter on my business. It doesn't yeah, create loads of extra income if it's better or worse. It just needs to be a simple page, I think, for me.
0: Yeah, I like it. I think it's super clear you've got that welcome video. We get to see you on the video. We see your products. We get an idea of your pricing. I mean, it does everything a website needs to do to, to get going. Yeah, I think so. The welcome video, I had one in Broome. I made one
1: in Broome um, and I edited it myself. But this recent one, which is a good point, you can ease, everyone's got a camera that has video mode. I actually just sent my footage off to someone at Fiverr, um, $100, and they stitched it all together and, and just created the video for me. It's just time consuming for 100 bucks for someone to come back and have a pretty decent video, just an intro video. Just I think it adds that value to the experience and a, a bit more
0: professionalism too. Totally agree. I love it. So with that video, one of the things I learned when I started doing video was and it's very hard to do, is just if you make a mistake, just keep recording and then do the edit later rather than trying to get everything done in one take. So is that what you did in the end? I think I had 19 to maybe 20 takes. Yeah, so I had a script and just read it. And yeah, they just picked out the best bits. Okay, so Nick, when you say you had 19 to 20 takes, did you just keep the video recording the whole time? If you made a mistake, you just kept recording and then started over? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then you let them do the edit. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. That's the fastest
1: and best way. You probably could do do less takes. I think at the start I did a few stops after the intro because I didn't like it. And then, yeah, just let it roll through, let it roll through, and just pauses in between. You can just cut it and just stitch it together, yeah. Perfect, love it.
0: Tell me about your pricing. Like you said, you had all your systems in place in Broome. Did you transfer the same price list or did you think, okay, this is my chance to up my prices if I wanted to or bring in new products?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I'm a big believer in sticking to what's working and then making little changes alongside of that. I knew the system I had in Broome was working, so I just transferred it to Albury. And it was working here, and it is still working here. And I've just made a few little tweaks here and there in regards to the system and in regards to pricing. I've kept the pricing the same the whole time. Um, last week, I just upped it a little bit, which I haven't – I'm going to share that with future shoots, I think, next week. Um, yeah, so just upped it a little bit, which is good.
0: So good. Tell us a little bit about the studio space, because I know that uh, you know, seeing your post inside the group, you found – I guess, would you describe it as a small room? Tell me about the studio. (laughs) It's bloody small.
1: (laughs) It's about, I guess, four and a bit to five meters by three meters, four meters. So it's a really tight space. So I've just got to, I'm trying to keep everything really consistent. There's beautiful natural light that flows through there. And of course I've got two big flashes just to, you know, (laughs) beat off that beautiful natural light, but I do use it occasionally. Um, so I've got a great backdrop um, and some artwork samples along the side of the wall on the side and at the back of the wall just to show clients when they come in. Um, I have a little table as well that has some off-the-wall items on there and it's a small space. It's actually a big shared. Um, I lease that corner room monthly but it's a big shared space. There's, a, there's big other rooms in there that where they do um, yoga and Pilates. There's a lady next door that works with kids. There's a massage therapist and beauty therapist next to me which has actually worked out well because I've booked her in for a few sessions, not for me to get my hair and makeup done, but for, um, but for clients when they come in, which just sort of adds to it a bit as well, which is really nice to have her right there. We're actually in the process now of looking for a bigger commercial space, which is a bit of a nerve I feel like it's the next big, big step up. So we're only, I'm only paying, I think $800 a month for this, this room, which is, yeah, it's pretty good. So we're looking at a bigger space potentially a couple of shooting areas and also like a sales room as well, which would be ideal. But I think it's the next step up and a bit nerve wracking. It's a bit uncomfortable, but as Joel Dunn would say, it would be, that's, that's probably a good thing to, <laughs> to feel like that because change is going to
0: happen. Absolutely. So the studio that you're shooting out of, is that literally one rectangle? Like there's no other rooms off to the side. There's nothing else. There's one room.
1: One room, one rectangle room. Yeah with a grey back roll-down backdrop, windows all on one side and artwork on the other. It's tight. It's really tight in there. Um, The biggest group I've done was a lady came in with her seven girls. Wow. Her two sons didn't make the shoot. They were left at home. And (laughs) they came in and it was beautiful. It was really, really good. But it does get a bit tight in there sometimes. I try not to shoot too wide because it can, yeah. I try and shoot around 50 mil max as in minimum because, yeah, I don't want to distort the photo too much and there's not much room to move back and anyway it's a good learning curve and I feel like the next biggest space will just be yeah be unbelievable.
0: Just tell me quickly then about the family that came in the mum with the seven girls oh, did you say seven girls or five girls? She had seven girls. Seven girls and she left two boys at home so to me like in my experience I would reschedule that because I would think well there's no way this sale is going to be any good if there's two of the siblings are at home. Like, how did you approach that when she turned up and said hey I've left my two boys at home
1: I think the promo was from mums and daughters in her mind I think she wanted to celebrate her and her daughters so there's a big emphasis on that celebration of her and her daughters and yeah we created a beautiful big um she ended up buying a big canvas collage I think with nine photos in it so there was a photo of her with each of her daughter and a family shop. yeah and it worked out really well she's a really good client and she's Planning to come back this year with her nine kids all together. So I don't know how I'll fit them in the studio.
0: <laughs> that is so good. That's really interesting to hear because yeah, like it, I didn't understand that that was the promo. That makes total sense now. Yeah. But yeah, if a family turned up and they left two of the kids at home because I'll be naughty, I'd be jumping, you know, straight to the option of rescheduling.
1: Oh no, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't shoot if that was the case. I'd sort of say, let's yeah recalibrate and find a new date. Right. Yeah.
0: So tell me about overall, like having the studio, how has that impacted the business? It
1: just, it's turned up the volume as in I can shoot more
0: now, which equals
1: more sales. And most weekends on a Saturday, I try to book out anywhere sort of maximum six shoots per day on a Saturday. So I'm doing a sale during the week with that family. So it's just turned up the volume on how many sessions we can do. It's sort of harder during the day outside because of weather and reschedules. So I don't have just taken that out of the equation. So it's, it's just all, it's all indoors. And ideally I'm going to just, just aim for indoor sessions from now on, I think.
0: Right. Okay. So that's what I was going to ask you. So that is your go-to space now. Your preference is the studio over an outdoor session.
1: Yeah. And I've actually started saying no to people if they do want to come into the studio, want to do an outdoor session. I'm trying to work it out what I'm going to do. I've sort of said to them, if they do want to do an outdoor session, it's during the week. And studio sessions only on a Saturday, so I just just kept trying to work out a balance with that. Um, yeah, it's just harder to sort of organise
0: and shoot, and there's a lot of reschedules and weather and and all that as well. Wow. So I'm guessing, twelve months ago, if I had said to you, Nick, you're going to be shooting primarily in a studio, you wouldn't have believed me.
1: No, definitely not.
0: No. No way, <laughs> Yeah. So tell me about the learning process because I remember like one of your posts in the members' Facebook group uh, probably six months ago now or, or something like that was, uh, can someone share some resources on posing families in the studio? So you sound like you've come a long way already since then.
1: I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I've just got two lights. <laughs> I've got two lights and I point them at the family <laughs> and I, I move them around a little bit and no one's ever said anything about it not being a very nice photo yet. So um, <laughs> so good. Just trial and error. Just, yeah. There's a few little posing things that I have tried. It's just, it's so hard when you've got kids in there and, and adults. So uh, It's almost like you need to just have a deal with some family members or stuff to start with, just practicing posing, but little tweaks here and there can really make a difference. And you just get an eye for what people, what people buy as well, what they really like. Most people, when you have a phone console with them say that, They just love the candid photos. They just love the interacting. But in the end, they all buy the ones that are just looking at the camera. They love that one. They see their faces of their loved ones and their family and their eyes. And that's the ones that they usually choose. So you you do work out how to shoot and what to shoot. Yeah, how to shoot and how to shoot to sell as well.
0: Okay, so do you feel like you have a bit of a formula now? Because I know that me as a photographer, I'm sure you were the same outdoors. You would have a bit of a formula that you shoot to. Are you doing the same thing in the studio?
1: Yeah, I try and keep it
0: really boring
1: for me because it's the same every single time so it's the same thing so it'd be yeah a family group shot individual of the kids the kids together the kids with each family member so really mix up yeah what we can do and it just opens up the opportunities to sell
0: more as well got it i remember when i first started shooting in the studio i used to get butterflies thinking "Oh man, i hope this works so, you know there's a little bit of stress that accompany the sessions has that gone for you now and did you have that in the start there every day <laughs> it's there it's just a bit it's um it's a
1: little bit I let it go I think working with Joel is really good just to let that stuff go it's sometimes I get a bit nervous there's lots of kids coming in what's it going to be like but it always ends out up well there's never a really bad outcome so the stress might be there but I don't really pay attention to it I just sort of think of
0: a positive outcome and it just sort of always works that's so good I guess look yeah. once you've got your exposure right it's just a matter of getting those faces in the frames and and getting some good expressions, isn't it?
1: Yeah, for sure. Get the exposure right, move the lights around a little bit and just interacting with the kids and making it fun and enjoyable. Put some music on. I usually ask the kids what they want to listen to, put some music on, have fun. With young kids, you've only got 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Some sessions are over in 20 minutes and some take an hour. So, um, yeah, just have fun, emphasis on them. And they're all prepped, ready to go. I've spoken to the families a bit. I've been implementing speaking to the significant other, so usually the dad as well. So,
0: yeah, it all works out well. So you're calling the dad before the session to get his idea of what he wants from the shoot?
1: Yeah, and just to get to know. So I've done a bit of work with Steve Saporito with his membership group, which has been implementing a few things that he teaches as well, and I really love his ethos and how he goes about photography and everything like that so it's just yeah getting to know the dad and what he values with his kids and what he values in his family and yeah what he sees in, in everything like that as well and
0: just getting him on board and making him feel part of it not just dragged along so tell me about that process because I imagine some of the guys you're calling like Aubrey Wodonga is still a country town you're talking to farmers, mechanics, plumbers, like, you know, guys that are used to getting their hand dirty and dealing with other guys. And you're calling to talk about their daughters and holding hands in the park and things like that. Like, was that hard to to start doing? And how does it feel now? Yeah, it is.
1: It can be difficult.
0: Yeah. Some dads just don't
1: want a bar of it. Um, And I try to, yeah, try and get them involved and ask them a few questions here and there. If it's not going anywhere, I'll just sort of let it go. But there's a lot of dads that really love talking about their kids. I've had some dads that I've talked to that have been in tears. They've had some tough times with their kids and you know they've come out the end of it. And yeah, they're just celebrating their kids now where where they've come from. And they've just felt a part of the photo shoot as well, which has been, it's been actually really big. And then you've got them on board through the process. So they come through um, we sort of know each other. I've given them a rundown. I've given them a quote, how much it might cost them. So they're on board. So they all know where it's at. And it just leads to better outcomes for everybody, really. Yeah, I can imagine it. Would is it a phone call or a Zoom call? Is it over a beer or a coffee? Yeah, so usually a phone call. So I'll let the partner know. So that the lead, which was usually the mum, we'll book them in, we'll take the booking confirmation deposit, and I'll just say, Oh look, I just want to I want to give Warren a call just to touch base with him and introduce myself, just ask him a few questions and just so he feels comfortable and welcome on the day as well. I don't think I've ever had a, a wife or a, a partner ever not give me a number. And, yeah, so – and then talk to the dads and just have a chat to them and I usually just it that I want to introduce myself and get to
0: know them and and how they sort of see their family. I love that. So with that, Nick, do you say to the partner or the wife, I guess generally the wife – you know, do you ask them what the best time to call Warren is? Do you say, can you let him know that I'm going to be calling? So he's got a bit of a heads up.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I always have a joke and say, just let him know that you're booked in. I get a lot of dads say, oh, hey, oh it's good. It's Nick here from Photographer in Auburn. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she did tell me about that. Yeah, oh, yeah, on Monday, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'm going. Yeah, I'll be there. All right. And so it's like... Just getting dragged along. But um, usually if they don't answer, I'll, I'll send them a text. And they even follow up the partner as well. Hey, I've been trying to get a hold of him. And when's a good time to call? I'll call him tomorrow at one and then they'll answer. It's a lot of extra, not a lot of extra work, but it, it just adds
0: value to the service. And yeah, just have such good outcomes from it. I can imagine. It must be a totally different session when the dad knows what's happening and he knows, hey, oh, you're Nick. We spoke on the phone. That must be awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. For sure, yeah.
0: You said that you give an idea of what they might spend. Do you lowball that number, or is that a real number? So I've been trialing a few
1: different ways. So the way Joel teaches, and the same as Steve, is just to give a one quote, one number quote. So just say it'll cost you fifteen hundred dollars for this on your wall. I've trialed with a range as well. So sort of ranging from some people, so prices start around the six hundred dollars. Some people might spend three thousand for a big collection on their wall. How does that sound? You always have to be honest is the number one thing, or else it's going to come and bite you on the bum. So I have a, a product that I'll just quote them and usually it's around the twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollar mark on their wall. And if that gets them in, at least they're gonna spend that. So they know they're gonna spend at least twelve, fifteen hundred bucks. Most people spend well, everyone spends more. Well, most people spend more anyway. So yeah. It's not I I wouldn't call it a low ball offer. I think it's an honest sort of um it's an honest
0: product that they can purchase, but they can also get more if they want as well. Okay, great. Do you ever find or have you experienced where you talk to the father or the other partner and then they cancel the shoot because they've realized, well, this is going to be 1500 bucks?
1: Yeah, there's been a few of those, which is perfect. It saves me shooting them. It saves the hassle of going into the sale and it being really awkward. And, yeah, it's totally up to them. And that's the reason we do it. Another reason we do it as well, if they're both not on board, there's no point and you don't want people to, yeah, fight over it and want it to be a good experience. So if they're not on board, I actually had one lady and guy cancel, but they said they'll book in in the future. So we'll see. Then I'm around, which is totally fine.
0: So good. Is there one question that you ask the dads, you know, I mean, are you looking to get them emotional? I mean, I know you said one guy cried. Yeah. I mean, I know you don't want them all to cry, but is there a question that you're using to try and get them to open up or it's just more, hey, I'm Nick, you're Warren, you know, we're two guys living in Aubrey wodonga we've both got families. Premium members of Photo Biz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Mate, this, is, this has been amazing to catch up again. Massive congrats on your success. Like if we chat again in 12 months, and I'm sure we'll chat plenty of times between now and then in the group and we'll chat hopefully in person, but where would you like to see the business in 12 months? A bigger studio space?
1: Yeah, ideally a bigger studio space. So a bigger studio space, potentially still shooting families. I do want to branch out and potentially shoot a bit of boudoir as well. I've been speaking to some other boudoir photographers around who are doing some really cool things. So a bigger studio space, nice sales room, and maybe, yeah, maybe a couple of staff on board helping out. And, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Who knows?
0: unreal. Unreal. Nick, massive thanks for coming on. I know that you've got a lot going on. The kids are probably going to come racing in any minute now. Again, massive thanks, mate. Really appreciate it.
1: No, I love it, Andrew. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your uh, your Croatian trip and
0: um, <laughs> having a chat. <laughs> Cheers, mate. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Nick as much as I did. Nick, if you are listening, again, mate, thank you so much for taking the time to fit in that interview. I know things are hectic with you. Business is growing fast. You've got a family to look after, not to mention dealing with the whole moving thing. So, again, massive thanks for coming on and sharing what you did. I'm looking forward to following up again in another 12 months' time. For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what Nick had to share. Uh, For me, it was proof that whatever you do in one part of the world can be effective in another part of the world, and you really can hit the ground running. If you want to take your business and move it, and or your family to another area. It can be done. Now, if you do have a follow-up question for Nick, you can hit him up in the comments area of the show notes. This week, they're at photobizx.com forward slash 531. Now, in those show notes, I've got links to anywhere you can find Nick online. I've got examples of his fantastic work. I've got links to anything that's been mentioned in today's episode. It's all there in that one spot. And of course, if you are a premium member You'll have easy access to Nick inside the members' Facebook group. Hit him up there if you do have a follow-up question or you just want to say thanks for coming on and sharing what you did. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. I am on my last leg of this trip. Next week's episode will be coming to you from my home base in Terrigal, Australia. And I've got to say I am looking forward to getting home. It's been wonderful to escape winter in Australia and I should be arriving Home with Linda to some nice warm weather it's been a whirlwind visit here in Scotland it's been such a shame that I didn't have the chance to catch up with other photographers here hopefully next year or the year after I'll be back and have a chance to catch up with you if you are in this part of the world Alrighty, that is it for this episode thanks again to Nick Buttergig make sure you go and check out Emma Dunham's food photography challenge if you are that way inclined otherwise have a fantastic week stay safe healthy and well and I will talk to you soon Bye for now.
1: If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest.